the argument from an abortionist is trying to get you to say, okay, well, well what about this situation? And in reality, it's a, it is a small, small percentage of abortions that are out there, and they are not willing to look at the other side of that coin, if that makes it, if that, hopefully that makes sense. I see your hand there, Liz. Yeah, that has no choice in the matter at all, does the baby. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yes, sir, Dale. Another point is that with God's principles and our saying is too strong to make right, but in God's principles, every sin has consequences, so it's understandable that you have one sin. And granted, in a, in a rape, the victim is, is the, the perpetrator bears the Sin, the guilt, yeah. But what I'm trying to say, though, is to have an abortion then only complicates the situation. Yeah. There's more guilt and confusion and regret. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I have an example here to share with you um, from the book. It's uh, uh, There was a lady named Kathy Barnett, and um, this is her story. And I think it kind of shows what you're trying to say as well there, Dale. Kathy Barnett is a political commentator. She's a military veteran. And she described the reality of life, her life, brought into the world through tragic circumstances. This is her testimony. I am the product of a rape. My mother was 12 years old when she delivered me. My father was 21 years old. I had nothing to do with my genesis. I had nothing to do with the conditions under which I was conceived. I had no control over the circumstances that were swirling around me. I had no opportunity to partake in the cumulative decisions that will be made to sustain the pregnancy. Yet all the while, I was being fearfully and wonderfully woven together in my young mother's womb. My life has value. I'm not an inanimate object. I'm a person. For me, I've given birth to two beautiful, healthy, intelligent, and loving little people who are destined to grow up into productive members of this great society. I'm a veteran. I'm a staunch lover of this country. I'm a supportive sister, a respectful niece, and a devoted wife. Best of all, I get the wonderful opportunity to now care for my mother. So she is looking at this and says, look, my mother was raped and she chose to have me, but I had no choice in the matter whatsoever. But she went on to live life. Yes, sir. What you just said, there's, there's a section here as well. So it's, it's relevant, completely relevant here where we're talking about. So I'm just going to give you a, um, to, to basically agree with exactly what you just said. You might want to repeat that for Brother Don. Um, yeah, Brother Don, one of the things we're talking about is the tragedy that it's cost so much to adopt. And it's so inexpensive to have an abortion. Um, but I'm going to share with you a, 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 um, 
a bit of a statistic that will back up exactly what Pastor was saying. Yeah. Yeah. But but listen and listen to how much there how much the price is for this and, and it'll it'll even further further that point. One of the tragedies of the pro abortion climate in the United States is that it is so slanted against adoption. For instance, adoptions typically cost between eight thousand to forty thousand dollars. That the average abortion is only five hundred dollars. Adoption is not the right decision for everyone, but if the Lord leads you to adopt, he will provide for you. Additionally, there's a great need for, all, for Christians who will provide loving care to children in the state foster system. Like adoption, fostering is not the right decision for everyone, but if the Lord leads you in this ministry, he will enable you. I know some people um, before I came to this church that I, that I went to church with. Matter of fact, I just saw them in the grocery store um, about a week ago, but they do this. They, they bring in foster children to their homes. And I've seen them bring in a lot of different children over time. And they love on them, bring them to church. And they just, they were, um, I mean, that's how God had gifted them. And that's, that's one of the things that they do as far as, as far as a ministry goes. And they, they help, I know they've helped a lot of young people through the time. And they've also helped them see, hear the message of the gospel by bringing them to church with them and um, working with them. So uh, there's definitely a point to be made there because abortion is, like you say, they'll pay for that, but to actually adopt, they make it very difficult for that to, to take place and happen. Yeah. I think this is well, the way it says adoptions typically cost. So I think that's probably your, your upfront fees. That, that I don't know that for sure, but that's what I read it to be. I may, maybe I'm wrong. You can again, if it's just an opinion, you can check it out the door. But that's how I understood it to be, uh, without going any like digging deeper into the research. That's just straight from the book there. I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's young couples would be the best parents for babies. Yes. Right, exactly. You know, they have to, get to have the money until they're 40 or 50 years old, and then they're too old. Right. Really to raise children up through teenage years. That's a good point. Just, yep. It's, it's a crazy system. It is. It's definitely, it's definitely making it difficult for us to do the right things, isn't it? I think there's a, um, a Sanctity of Life Sunday. Uh, it happens in January every year. I think uh, a lot of times you'll get a... Yes, it happens. I was going to say either the 22nd or the 23rd usually, which was, I think Roe v. Wade was the 23rd, and I think the third Sunday has been set aside as the Sanctity of Life Sunday. And a lot of times I remember being getting a pamphlet or something on that Sunday, but you're right, you know, it's kind of like that day you think about it, and then it kind of becomes... Um, out of sight, out of mind. But the reality of it is, and we used the statistic last week, if you guys remember, that of all the wars combined, 
and then we do this, we we have that amount or more than that abortions every year than we have had soldiers killed in all our wars combined and that was a 1999 statistic i believe that we were looking at so as we work our way through this we're, we're getting close and we'll, we'll button it up with this so how we respond with clarity we respond with conviction and then we respond with compassion when i was in in school i had a teacher i've told you before i would pay money to sit back in his class he taught the life of christ but when he went through the class he said this and i'll never forget it. he said compassion is your pain in my heart when your pain becomes in my heart then that creates an actionable step for me to take because i in my heart i am i am feeling for you your pain in my heart so compassion is a big part of this where clarity we have conviction, we have compassion, and compassion helps us put it into steps. So what are some steps we can take? Number one, we can pray. I was studying, and after we get through this thing, this lesson right now, I'm thinking of next Sunday school, and I'm studying Elijah, and maybe we'll go into him because I'm really enjoying the study of Elijah. But one of the things that I, I saw in the study was, you remember when Elijah comes to the, the widow and it has, the, has the little boy, and they're out of food, and you know, he says, go make me a cake, and he stays there. Well, you know what happens to the boy, right? What happened to him? He dies, and she really, she confronts him. The boy is dead, you know, and she basically kind of points a finger even at him in, in her moment of, of agony, but he doesn't stop and say, woman, if, if I hadn't been here, he would have died a long time ago, and you would be dead. So he doesn't do any of that. You know what he does? He takes the boy, he picks him up, he goes to his loft, and he lays him down. And you know what he did? First thing, he prayed. He cried out to God. And this, the point of it is, the very first thing that we should always go to is take it to God. Because that is, that is where everything should go to. When life circumstances and things hit us, then it's to God first. And sometimes we make it the last option. But for us as men in this classroom, what can we do? And one of the things, and I, I don't know how you, you know, what your prayer life is, how you do your devotions. One of the things that I've tried to do myself since coming to this church is, I remember Pastor O, he, he does Wednesdays where he prays for government officials and he dedicates some time in prayer on that day. And I was doing that, trying to do the Wednesdays and then Brother Doug Stoliker, he sends out a, a little text if you're on the thread to pray on Sunday morning. So my Sunday morning, one of the things that I try to pray for is I try to pray for our country, and I try to list our leaders on Sunday morning. And I say, Lord, that, you know, when you bring it to mind, I want to pray for them. But that's one of the times that it's kind of set aside for me. If you don't have a place where you can go be by yourself, find you a place where you can go. The Bible calls it like your closet, right? You go to your closet, and there you pray. But if you can get a place where you go before God and try to remember to pray for this on a regular basis, because like Dale said, we don't keep the statistics in front of us. We hear it maybe once on a Sanctity of Life Sunday and then we go on. But if we could just somehow put it into our, our prayer closet and bring it before the Lord, because that's the first place that we need, we need to go. And we can do that. We can pray about it. Second thing that we can do is we can speak about it. When people pro, voice a pro-abortion uh, pro opinion, then we can speak. And we can speak the truth of Scripture back with clarity, with conviction, and with compassion, with truth and love. So we can pray about it. We can speak when the opportunities arise. We can foster. We can adopt if that's how the Lord begins to lead in life. Um, and then there's 
education. You know, we can educate people a lot. You, you remember the, the ultrasound. When mothers see the ultrasound, 80 plus percent of them say, I don't want to have an abortion because I realize this is a life. And we can educate people that say that this is a life, that this is a life given by God that has purpose and value. And then lastly, we can vote. As we prepare ourselves when the elections come around, we need to look and see those who are pro-life because that's an issue that is important. God hates hands that shed innocent blood, and we can pray about that as well, and we can vote. But there's, there's some actionable steps that we can take, and then you can volunteer. Sometimes there are, agent, there are places where you can volunteer some time uh, in pregnancy centers and things like that. So it's just a few actionable steps that we try to mention here at the end that we can take um, with this. But I would encourage you to, to make it a part of your prayer life. Yes, sir, Brother Don. They, excuse me, they are what? I don't have that stat. I do not know. I'm not sure. Uh, you might be able to look that up. I'll try to see if I can find an answer, but I don't have an answer. That would be interesting to see, though. I would be afraid to. I'd be afraid to, yeah. Thinking 20? Okay. Um, the guys up here think it's probably higher than that, uh, but... Some of the guys up here think it's probably higher than 20%, but I, I'll see if I can find it. I can't, I'm not sure, but we'll see if we can find it. If I can't, I'll um, let you know le- next week what we got. Yeah, yeah, true. Pastor said the percentage of women that are actually married will go down as well, though. The women who are actually married, that percentage has gone down. Yeah. We, we don't, we'll, we'll have to check it. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. I don't know how that works. Um, that's a good point, though. Yes, sir. You mentioned earlier that the Bible uses the word babe. Yep. You may have mentioned this, too, but I missed it. Right. Yes, yeah. I, I think in the Bible, well, the Bible never distinguishes. It always, it's always a baby, whether it's inside the womb or outside of the womb. We talked about John the Baptist and how he leaped, and the Bible calls him a babe while he was in the womb. And when Jesus was outside of the womb, he was the babe. So it shows you that, you know, Scripture is consistent and always saying that, you know, in the womb is a babe. Yes, yes, it's a person. If personhood begins at conception, absolutely. Uh, last thing here, and this is... Uh, um, as we will walk out of here, it says, uh, we started this lesson pointing out that life is formed by God. We then saw that humanity is fallen. The best news of all, however, is that humans can be forgiven. It's not just the abortionist or the mother who has chosen abortion who stands in need of God's forgiveness. It's all of us. We're all fallen. We have all sinned. And we all need a restored relationship with God through Christ. So Jesus, who has lived since eternity past, humbled himself to take on the form of humanity when he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. In his amazing mercy, he offered himself as our sacrifice that we might have eternal life with him, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I ask you to bless it for Jesus' sake.